Hi, everybody. Welcome to All Heart Podcast. My name is Noni Lamar. And my name is Thea Monier. And this podcast is all about joy and pleasure. 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 I was waiting to see if you were going to do it. And joy and pleasure. Joy and pleasure. So... Mm -hmm. Hey, y'all. So we had like a whole different plan today. Sure did. Had a whole different topic, but <sighs> we can cover that topic next time. Absolutely. But this week has been so crazy um, just here, here in the world, in the United States. Yes. On Facebook, on Twitter, on, you know, I try to stay away from a lot of news. In so I Washington. just like stick, I stick to IG. Because yes. you don't, but then it started bleeding over. Into, yeah. I was like, dang, yeah. it's making an IG. It is starting to make its way. It's starting to make New its New stuff way. is starting. I'm starting to find out things on IG. You know, I'm like, I don't come here for this. I come here to see what you're eating. Yeah. I don't come here. Yeah. I escape the news here. Yeah. But no, it is coming over. And I think um, even though the Kavanaugh mm-hmm. um, situation we'll call it, has culminated this week. I think it also opened with like the Bill Cosby sentencing. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just been like yeah. a very triggering week for survivors and yeah. um, family and loved ones of survivors, anyone who's been with someone who's um, survived any form of sexual assault or violence. Um, so for us, it felt right. And we always want to give ourselves permission because this is all heart podcast and we come from our heart organically to say, you know what? Today is not about this pre-planned thing. Today is about what's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today we, we want to take on the topic of joy in the midst of survival. Yep. And what does it mean to me? What I really wanted to talk, I, I just really wanted to talk to you about this today. Yeah. Like even, and I was like, might as well press record because yeah. I, I really, it's just been on my yeah. mind. Last night I woke up at about two in the morning or something like that. And I was like, I need to watch that hearing. Like I didn't mm-hmm. watch it. I was reading a lot, of, a lot about other people watching it and talking about it. And first I was like, I want to watch... Um, her testimony. Okay. And and the reason, let, let's be clear, the reason why I wanted to watch it first was because I saw all of these memes about like, no, nobody was believing Anita. Yeah. What about Anita? And it was very like racially based. Right. And so I was right. like, well, who is this white woman? Like, right. what, what, what does she have to say? Right. Like, and I really only wanted to see her words mm-hmm. and to see what kind of, you know, just what that presentation was all about. And so, but then when I started watching it, I just yeah. got completely just drawn into the entire 10 hour yeah oh <laughs> the whole thing mm. but i agree with you it did start with bill cosby earlier this week mm-hmm. yeah like that rehash some things and they some of the news stories were like coverage of the survivors and their responses and you know all these things elicit comments and engage, and all this conversation that um so let's start there. How did you feel, Thea, when you heard that Bill Cosby got locked up? You know, I mean, I didn't. You know what? They, I don't see how that's a news story. We knew Bill Cosby <laughs> was going to get locked up. I mean, we. This has been a long grieving process for Black women, right? We from when the first news broke, but and for we black were like women, for Black women, but Black men, they still they still don't believe it. You know, no one. I'm still working on. <laughs> Stuff with black men. I'm, I know, and you know, I'm making I don't progress. Make, I don't make um, blanket don't. black male statements. Yeah, but the majority of black men that I see talking about Bill Cosby is like, now I just look at Mark, and he goes, "I know." <laughs> this is how we've. This is how we've started to handle this. I just look at him and be like, "He's like, yeah, I know, I know. That was, that's one for us." I said, "It's a lot for you. It's, it's a, lot. a lot. It's a lot." And I think for one thing that. So these are two separate things. So the the thing with Bill Cosby elicited different feelings than the thing with Kavanaugh for me. But Mm -hmm. the thing with Bill Cosby was um, brought up the intersectionality of how complex it can be when it comes to race and gender for black women. And that conversation still really struggles to have a space at times because we can think he's a monster for what he did and still have trouble separating out the television dad that most of us 
fell in love with and grew up with because white supremacy only allowed one good black man on TV at a time. <laughs> and he had no other, there was no other body like that. And so I think the, the initial feeling of not wanting to let go of the character on the television show versus holding the person in real life accountable was just a process that a lot of us had to go through. And once we got through it, we, we, we know what's right, but I think there is space to be allowed for um, the complexity sometimes that race and gender play in terms of the, these, how these situations roll out. Um, and then, you know, we got grandmas and stuff who are like, white women have been accusing black men of stuff for years. And so, you know, that's not new either. And right. so there's like, you know, issues of that. And you're like, part of you initially is like, yeah, let me, you know, I, I feel like had the initial accusers been black, there may have been a different feeling from black women. Right. Um, but I think her being, them being white was, uh, or you light know. skin. There were or, black women too. Yeah, yeah. But they came out later. Like True. the first ones were mainly white. And mm-hmm. so like initially when people were still like fighting it, I think it was very much like, you know, we go back to like Emmett Till and countless other nameless black men that were uh, lynched or hurt otherwise for whistling at white women. And I think that we we've heard those messages so much that it made it complicated. But now, like when we're looking at the sentencing, I mean, we've I feel like we've had plenty of time to assess. Like, I mean, like at a certain point we were like, I mean, damn, this just then we just stopped talking about it. We we're like, yeah, we know. We just don't want we know. And now it's the sentencing. And I mean, he's gonna be sentenced because he did horrific life altering things to people. That's going to happen. I mean, the last thing I saw was like somebody threw a stale hot dog butt at him and he fell down or something like that. I mean, what do you want me to say? What? Yeah, they threw a stale hot dog butt at him. And I feel like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I mean, you you had a whole opportunity. You had all this good you could do and you did not do good with it. And you hurt people with it. And that makes you no different than the other people that we fight most of the time. And I think a lot of people were able to come to that space and but also um with the the difference for me with the Kavanaugh one was um I don't know, it's just interesting watching power protect power in such a yeah in, in such a way that's so yeah it, there there was a lot of there was a lot of lessons I want to talk about Bill Cosby mm-hmm. before we move like <clears throat> I think the thing that that tripped me out so much was like that this constant posting and reposting of like black dudes being like look at all, all these white men out here that have done yeah. the same kind of thing yeah. and, and they still they're still free yeah like so he should be too right right like, as though that wasn't saying he didn't do it like and and one I have like a complication in my mind because I'm an abolitionist mm-hmm. who doesn't believe in and kind of punitive mm-hmm. prisons mm-hmm. as a solution mm-hmm. to problems. But at the same time, like I'm like Bill Cosby, like something's gotta happen something's to you, dog. Like happen. this, this is this is like I was seeing like former cast members on some of his yeah. shows being like in in the Instagram comments, like he's always been a rapist. Lock I've him up. I've spoken to some. I'm like, yeah, like this, and is, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this is this yeah. is like this is happening. Like these are people that have been living with yeah. these memories for a yeah. long time, yeah. like in their workplace environments through their childhood, like. I can't imagine how it impacted them. And like we have our folks in our community that are just like like still defending it. That that to me is just like that's cuz we don't deal with gender in our community. Absolutely. At all. Yeah. It absolutely. is always about race in our community. We never deal with gender. Black men do not believe that they can be oppressive to black women that they um they don't believe that. Like it's just really hard. I'll I'll stop here. Okay. So first one is that we're talking about like cis black men yeah, and yes. cis black women and Het. and and hetero mm-hmm. black men. Well, I, I'm not even say, all the time. That yeah, no, I was gonna say yeah. I wouldn't. I would even yeah. say that. So, but we're we're specifically talking about that. And I know of that. Like I know bomb ass, yes. great black dudes who are about it. But there is like a general. I mean, it's like when we talk about white people, 
Right. There's we're good not white saying, people. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like, you know, and of yes, course, there's always exceptions, but we're talking about as a culture. As we a don't culture, deal we with don't gender. Deal, we, as a culture, we don't, we don't with, deal with sexism. We don't deal with sexism. As a culture, we don't deal with sexism that really exists and thrives. Mm-hmm. We don't deal with this, like, idea that black women don't have worth. Yeah. You know? Well, we don't deal with trans issues either. You know, like, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. we don't, anything past race, we pretty much That's true. don't really get into the nitty gritty of it and we then barely, when we barely deal with head, poverty right right <laughs> like, or religion i mean we can just keep going <laughs> medical issue. we don't just go down the list like everything is first and foremost about race and so i think when things like this come up it really reveals the that so much of our fo- focus has been fighting this external enemy that we're not dealing with the parts of us that are decaying from within the culture and this is definitely a part of it. You know, you brought up R. Kelly, too, before. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know. R. Kelly's still free. R. Kelly is still out here free. Like, okay, let me tell you something. I was listening to this thing. I, I don't know if I talked about it before, but if I did, oh, well. Like, because it, it never, it never is off of my mind. Like, yeah. it, it was a conversation with, you know, somebody in Hollywood and, he, they were talking about R. Kelly and 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 the video of him urinating on the yeah. on the child. Yes, and it was a group of men talking, and it was a big group of men, and they were all laughing. Yes, they were all laughing, talking about it, and I started crying. And then and then this this person says, "Now, if it had been my daughter, if it had been my daughter, then he's out of here." And I was like, "But it's somebody's." Daughter. And I was like crying and my partner was like why are you crying like why why and I'm like because like he's saying that 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 girl has no value no value at because she has all. no connection to him directly and but but to me she she belongs to me she, and she the dissonance of that right like like and how is this still funny like isn't that, that shit has never been funny to me like it has never been funny to imagine like that this child got manipulated and taken advantage of and then pissed on right like, that's not fucking funny no. like that's not funny in any way but some but but we we don't deal with our trauma we don't deal with our pain we don't deal with the fact that like we're still stepping in the name of love like right. we're still doing these things like we still do yeah like we no. still go to weddings we still doing it and we know everybody knows everybody knows about that dude and it's just like oh we all got that one uncle so R. Kelly's that uncle right like that's cool right like it's it's to me it's still no it's terrible like I mean there was a there was a a black man I came into contact with yesterday who said he was going to be our no Bill Cosby for Halloween in a space where I know I know for a fact we have hundreds, at least, of survivors that walk by on a routine basis. So, and I was like, why would you do that? And he just thought it was like the funniest, most entertaining thing in the world. The dissonance, though, I've been in spaces, um, I was on a radio show once, that's the male-dominated radio show, Mm -hmm. and where they pride themselves and continue to pride themselves on being like good black men. And, you know... Just for the culture, right? Right. And literally, literally allowed an entire... So the the four so-called good ones right. allowed the one bad one, I guess you would say, if we have to go with this. If this, this if these are the descriptions we're using. Yeah, right, we're using binary, binary terms. Um, to be highly disrespectful, highly antagonistic, to you? Yes. Ter- and I had I had done this show multiple times and I, I, I considered myself a friend of the host. Mm. So with this happening, and in the beginning of the show, I was black queen. I was queen, sister this, sister that, right? I was all this. And then during the show somehow, it's like I ended up feeling like I was in somebody's locker room about to be attacked, like, or being attacked, but with nobody stepping in to protect me. And I you know, I left that space. I held myself together as best as I could. And then when I left the space, I broke down crying like, like mm, they beat me, like I'm as sorry. if they had hit me. And of course I called Mark, who was like, mm. I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> but I was like, no cases. We can't catch no cases today. But, but, but when the person tried to apologize to me that was supposed to be my friend, you know, I was like, you didn't protect me. 
You, that was your space. You were in charge of that space and you let that happen. I can never trust you again. And I've never put myself back in a male-centered space and I never will. Like, I just don't trust it. I, I would never put myself mm. back in the space of, oh, we got you, sis. Like, that just don't ring true for me. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm beginning to have, it's just, for me, it's very similar to the issue with like white supremacy. Mm. It's like, I hear you. I hear you. I want to believe that you'll take care of me. But at the end of the day, I just feel like there's going to become a moment when you don't or you have the opportunity to and you say nothing. There's something about it. Like I remember at the when the Me Too movement started to gain some traction, like I started having like everybody, every other woman, I'm sure, like Mm -hmm. started having all of these memories. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one party that I was at um, and it was I was dating this guy and the, the dude he looked black but he wasn't mm-hmm. and um, it's this crazy party so it was like mm-hmm. a it was a college party mm-hmm. or some shit like that it had like a frat vibe but it wasn't and it had mostly like folks of color there we weren't even using those terms then <laughs> there's just not a lot of white people there right. <laughs> we didn't even have the term yeah but I was saying people of color right. like at this time <laughs> I'm not even aging myself it's just right. a new term right so like we were there we were partying I was with this guy but he was like more of a I mean not necessarily the my type mm-hmm. you know my type of person is very alpha and he, mm-hmm. he was not that way he was very beta and um, I only dated like a couple guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wasn't for me, <laughs> but it's nice, you know. It's cute. It's a cute look, you know. You but it's to, not the thing. Yeah, it you get to work. like run the show mm-hmm. and all that. So, but yeah, this this guy, um, he was chilling, and I was walking out of this 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 door to the outside of the party, and this black dude comes up to me and he slaps me on my ass. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yo, what did you do? What do you, what's wrong? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. And then I looked around. Now, these are people that I worked with. Yep. These are people I call my best friends. Yep. These are people that, like, I really trusted yep. with, I thought at the time with my life. I looked around and every single one of them saw it and they said nothing. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I said, including the dude I was dating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are y'all not going to say anything? Are, are you for real not going to say anything right now? And then I looked and I realized none of them were going to say anything because that was a black dude. Mm-hmm. And he was like um, on the radio and like a popular DJ mm-hmm. and like he was that nigga basically. And so they didn't want to be out of his good graces. His masculinity set the bar. Right. And they didn't want to be underneath that. Yeah. And I wasn't worth it to them. Right. I wasn't right. worth that gamble. Right. And so none of them said yeah. shit. These are people that today I still see them working on behalf of women's right. rights. I mean, these are people that right. were organizers. This was an activist space. Right. Nobody said shit. No. And I remember being like, you know what? I cussed them out myself. Yeah. Because. I had to. Because I had to. I shouldn't to. have had to do the work of being assaulted and But then I that. remember going home, arguing with the person that I was, I was, um, <clears throat> that I was dating. We went home and, and this person and I had never been intimate. Okay, we went home. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. I woke up. This dude was on top of me, mm-hmm. like trying to have sex with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And like that, I remember I was like only 19 or mm-hmm. I was young, 19, 20, something like that. And I was like, what are you doing, dog? Like, what are you even doing? Like, what are you trying to? I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. Right yeah, now. what are you trying? Right. I'm grateful that I've always had the words. Yes. In certain yes. situations, yes. not always, but in these kind of situations, I was like, what are you doing? Do you mm-hmm. see what you're doing? Mm-hmm. That you lost your power earlier and you're trying to assert it on me? Like, yeah. get off me. Yeah. Like, this isn't the way to do it, you know? But that kind of thing is like, one, like, I don't walk around telling those stories. Right. One, because it feels like nobody will give a fuck. Right. Which is exactly what the young woman said to Kavanaugh. In doing right. this, you are saying to me right. that I don't matter, that no matter how many times we tell our stories and how many stories we tell, you're still going to go in there and keep this in power, this idea. I mean, the president mm-hmm. of the, our country yep. said he sexually assaults women and got elected. And I, and I just need he, to say He got this. elected by white women. I just, bam, because in <laughs> yeah. that elevator with Kavanaugh, which almost pisses oh, no, me he off. Wasn't, it wasn't Kevin on that elevator. I know, you're right. It was Flake. It was Senator Flake. Flake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that elevator with Senator Flake, which mm-hmm. pissed, I could not take my eyes off 
the bitch the with the glasses. Him, yes. I could I was, not I was thinking stop about her. looking at her like, and her telling the woman, we got to go. We got to go. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'm going to call security. And then the other chick in there texting. And I was just like, so you two are sitting here, mm-hmm. two women here, mm-hmm. trying to stand up for every woman in this country mm-hmm. and two women Who here. Want, they want power. Yeah. They're trading. They're trading. They're trading the truth for power for sure. Literally, and but your even, face is all over. But even Flake, he he was like, I he he had to. He's like, I can't do the wrong thing. Like you're too much. You know what struck me about that moment in the elevator mm. is the power of the Black Lives Matter movement. The language of saying you're trying to tell me I don't matter. Yes. The the fact that like yes. three black women, two of them queer, gave this country language for yes. value. Yes. Yes. Because like we we've been so devalued that we gave everyone language for that shit. But like we, we sold give- that we sold that shit into the fucking culture, dog. Like that that she's on this elevator. She's on this using elevator the com- using the language of a black woman saying, you're trying to tell me that my assault doesn't matter, that I don't matter. And that in that same dynamic, as she was saying that, she's a white woman, yes? I don't know. I couldn't tell. But the clearly not white woman. The clearly not white woman. Was talking and was not, he was not, it was not moving the needle. Hmm. Now, when she was talking, she was saying I shared my story. I told my story, you know, and it was not moving the needle. The needle did not move until he looked at someone who looked like they could be his daughter. They could be related to him. See, this is the other piece that really pisses me off because this is why that little black girl had to speak up um, during all this, the, the protests about the shootings because she had to name the black children who were being shot that nobody wanted to talk about during the Parkland shooting. So even in this moment, even using a curriculum designed by black women who had to put their bodies on the line to design the curriculum, who did it to Bernie Sanders and mm-hmm. blew him up and don't even get me started, right. okay? Because literally he wouldn't be on the map if it wasn't for those black women. Mm-hmm. But then they can use the curriculum and still it has to be, the curriculum has to be acted out through someone who looks like them in order for it to move the needle. Absolutely. That's like... Absolutely. I'm going to tell you another story. There was a time in college, um, a friend of mine, he, wasn't a, he, he was a friend at the time. We were new friends. We were doing... I went to theater school. So I was in directing class and we had to do all of these um, plays and shit like that, like scenes. He chose to do a, a piece from um, Venus. Um, uh, it's it it a play called Venus. It's based on Venus Hot and Tot. Mm-hmm. You know her story? Sarah mm-hmm. Bartman. Sarah Bartman. <clears throat> but he cast a white woman and he put her in blackface and he put a fake ass on her. Now, this dude, I mean, this is like, he's like a brother to me now. He didn't know the history of blackface. He didn't know. Why he was he being He was being creative in his mind. He Like, this is a whole nother thing. Anyways, so I come in. I'm the only black person, of mm-hmm. course. This is UCLA. So I come Jesus. in, I sit down. And then I see this white woman, blonde, walk out with like a wig and she might have a wig. Anyway, she I know for sure she, she had, had an a ass. fake yes. ass yes. padded and she had a black face. And I looked at my professor and I started crying and I said, how could you do this to me? Because mm-hmm. he knew we have to get everything approved. I said, how could you do this to me? And then the piece kept going. And then everyone watched, everyone watched. I was crying the whole time watching this. <clears throat> and then when it was done, we had to give initial comments. And the other students said, Loved it. You know what? Um, I'm glad you used a white woman because I could see how fucked up it was because it was a white woman. If you had used a black woman, I wouldn't have been able to relate to her. I wouldn't have been able to see the dehumanization that was happening. But because you used a white woman, I was able to really get the get your point, right? I was really, I mean, this is something that was like really seared in my mind because all my classmates were telling me, brown classmates, Asian, white, they were telling me that if that black woman had been there being devalued it and wouldn't caged, because this was, this was a, it was based on, re, on reality. On a real black woman. On a real black woman. This is reality. They said it wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't they matter. said they got empathy from it. They started having compassion for the black experience because a white woman was put in that position and they can see how fragile that white woman because is. Because she humanized it. Yes. Right. 
because we're not human. So, you know, of course, after I, I, I talked to the homie, like, did you know what you were doing? I had him go watch some documentaries. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm compassionate and empathetic to a, to a fault. To a, to a fault. And then, you, but he went, <laughs> he went and watched it and came back and was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know this history. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. But but when I said to the professor, you 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 like, why would you do that to me? Why would you let me sit in there and watch myself be devalued when you know the history of this? And I think I'm gonna be honest. I've never like looking at the Bill Cosby and the Kavanaugh situation. I. My heart is always with survivors. For sure. For sure. My heart is, you know, I work with survivors. And this work is not for the weak of heart. It's really hard to hold those stories. And it's harder to, like, live with them, you mm-hmm. know? And one of the, one of the challenges in my work is, um, is, is helping my client to get to a point where they can see that this person never had the ability to take anything from you and still don't. Mm. Even after the physical experience, what often traumatizes people more is how people handle their experience, Mm. how people literally verbally process and discuss their experience is is really where a lot more, even sometimes more than the physical, right? Because our physical bodies... Our physical bodies heal, but our emotional bodies, those wounds last. And they're kept alive through the stories and the conversations people have about our experiences. So when you, when survivors all through this country have to remember why they didn't tell their story or um, the fear of not being believed or, and that's reinforced on the highest level in this country possible, right? Like at the highest level of the highest platform then, you know, what I have to do is remind them that what they could never take from you is authorship. You remain and always will be the author of your own story. Mm. This is a person who wrote themselves into your story without your permission. And that chapter can be that chapter, and they get no more airtime in your story. I have a question about this, okay? So one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it because I have a dream Mm -hmm. of like there not being a a country full of survivors but a country full of healed people. Mm -hmm. And like I really, like I feel emotional about it. Like it makes me feel upset that triggers are so normalized, Mm -hmm. saying, I was triggered, I was triggered, I was triggered. And I'm like, why why do we have all of these open wounds? We have all of these so-called healers. Mm -hmm. Like, we're in this age where everyone is like... Claiming healer. Claiming healer. So why is everyone so so full of holes? Like, Mm -hmm. what... what, what, uh, I I just know I have this dream. I just know I have this dream that, like, People will be able to to do exactly what you just said, which is say I'm the author of my own story, and that's a chapter in it. Like I'm not constantly re-triggered right, personally. Right, you know, right, I'm not trying to right, put myself on a pedestal. Right. What I'm saying is that I was really forced <laughs> by a great human being to do my own healing. Yeah, I was forced to do it. Yeah. Like you can't move forward. Yeah. What are you doing? Like. Yeah. Or else I would be I would be sitting there being constantly triggered too by th- by this. I wasn't watching Dr. Ford's testimony and being triggered. Right. But I can think of plenty of things that she said that would trigger me. Yeah. I can think of 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 um of not being able to lay in a bed without a, a locked door. Yeah. No matter yeah. where I was when she talked about the door, like oh I remember having that feeling. Yeah. But remembering having a feeling isn't the same as. Reliving a trauma, reliving a trauma, a trauma event Mm -hmm. and like curling up in a ball and getting under my covers and Mm -hmm. and like stress eating and like all of this shit that I see. And I don't have any judgment for it. I have like this heart that's like, yo, I want to help. Like, I want to help you not I want to help you not feel like this next year. Yeah. 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 I think um, there's they always say we talk about post-traumatic stress, but we don't talk about post-traumatic growth. Tell me, tell me that. And therapist, come therapist. You better come with the languages, therapist. So post-traumatic growth. We know post-traumatic stress are a series of symptoms associated with 
reliving the traumatizing event, but also um, it could be, again, stories are very important. Family members tell these stories. Our doctors tell these stories. The police officers they go to to make these reports tell the stories. And, and we will sometimes give more weight to the stories that other people tell about us than we do to the story that we are telling. Mm. Um, and so part of post-traumatic growth, right, is getting to a point where, like you're saying, you can tell this story and not be in that story because what you know now is different than what you knew then. Yeah. What you know now is that it takes a very powerless and adequate person, a person who believes those things about themselves to exert that kind of force and violence on another person. And what you know is that they saw you had power and light and beauty and all these things. And they, for some unknown reason, found it threatening, right? Because we know this now. We know this now. We know now that, that, that it takes a very weakened inner self to inflict that level, right? And, and the people that they pick are usually people who hold so much light, even in the middle of crazy circumstances. This is why children are vulnerable. This is why the, the, the um, mentally disabled are vulnerable, mm -hmm. because they hold certain purity and certain light. And this is a person who knows they don't have that. And doesn't seek to heal themselves, seeks to then diminish that in other people. These are the people that we're dealing with. And because we know that, mm -hmm. because we know that, what we are capable of doing in the now that we weren't capable of doing then is actually look at them and be like, you don't have permission to take anything from me. And even after what you did, I'm still greater in terms of my light and my healing and my power. And you're still where you were. Mm -hmm. That is the truth. It becomes almost mm -hmm. impossible to hate someone that small, mm -hmm. you know? And like, even when we, we made fun of it and there were memes of it, but when you saw Kavanaugh throwing that tantrum, you saw what I'm talking about. He threw a tantrum. You saw the weakness. He threw a tantrum. I was like, I had to really sit with it. Like, does he believe this does he does he did he black out like did he really just black out and he really believes it you saw the weakness you saw the shrunken self inside man, of the person man Thea like I'm I'm really glad that I was able to watch that yeah from a place of wholeness yeah because I learned a lot yeah. about power yeah I learned a lot about yeah. power watching the ways in which uh you can evade anything the ways in which you you turn things back, like how he bullied that senator that asked him, um, you know, do you do you have you ever blacked out while drunk? I don't know. Have you? No. Have you? Projection. Have you ever? Have has that ever? And she just said, like, she just told you she had a trauma that her right. father was an alcoholic, right. and right. he's like turning it around. Right. And then right after that happened, someone passed him a note, and then they had to take a break, and he came back, and he was like, I just want to apologize. Like, he had taken it too far. Where, like, he the, demonstrated the he, behavior. He demonstrated, he demonstrated that he is that type yeah, of a that human being. that he is being. that person. That he's a, that he's a bully. That everything they do is proje projection, denial, intellectualizing, rationalizing. This is, this is all the things that fake power does. And Thea, those other senators, those other Republican senators that were saying, this is a disgrace to the American and, people, yes, yeah. and I, yeah. I will vote for you, yeah. and I am, I, this is horrible. Yeah. That kind of, I was like, yo, these are white people, white peopling on a whole nother level. Everyone can see the truth yeah. of what this shit really yeah. is right now. Yeah. Like, when you flip oppression when you flip it what you see is the weak attack the strong when, when when you flip it you would like why are you coming for me this way and you're like oh oh that's why because i don't feel that way i don't wake up thinking about you i don't wake up feeling powerless i don't wake up feeling inadequate i don't wake up feeling like i gotta protect what's mine i already, i feel okay i feel good but you don't wake up that way you don't wake up that way. And because I feel this way, you think I'm always coming for you. 
when I really don't even be thinking about you. Like that's what they demonstrate. They they show <laughs> they are willing to go to any length to per, to protect fake power. And this is if anything has if if if, if Trump's administration has shown me anything, it's just that power the only power that these systems have is our belief in them. Mm-hmm. And if we subscribe to the traditions of them, and if we subscribe to, if we continue to legitimize them, then that's what makes them powerful. But the moment we remove our permission, our sense of legitimacy from them, they actually have nothing. Like he, he, we, in November, people can vote, switch out new people, blah, 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 blah. Suddenly things change. What is that? Like if it's mm-hmm. really power, it don't change like that. No, it doesn't change. It doesn't hands. shift like that. It doesn't change hands so right. easily. I learned a lot about that people enjoy it. Like her testimony, Dr. Ford's testimony about um, that they were laughing while they were doing it. Well, I'm to, to me, the Republican senators in, in the their... Uh, <laughs> The, their performance in that hearing, their performance yeah. was the same. But that's that's it's an space. enjoyment. Yes, like y'all are enjoying this shit. Like y'all are like relishing in it. This is like all of the sniffing and yeah. all the yeah. tells he was doing, yeah. fidgeting and and like it was it was a drama. Yeah, like and and Doctor Ford. It's a Ford, them we, us. It's yeah. a, it's a, it, they, they treat it like it's a sport, like they're on a team and like yes. we're on the other team. Like yes. when I was in that room, in that recording studio with those men, I mean, before they started the show, I thought these were good men. Mm. I would have never put myself in a space I thought was unsafe. And, and I think what's the irony is, I think four of them were black. One of them was white. The white guy was the only one who even marginally attempted to say, Okay, calm down, right? right? But the rest of them didn't. And they were congratulating and high-fiving. But what's interesting is the moment, the moment the performance was over, the moment the recording stopped, they all knew. They all knew. A couple tried to apologize. I couldn't even stomach them. The other one said, well, you know what it is. You know how this is. This is just, you know, it's just entertainment. I, I won't even think about it once I leave. Uh, he's nobody a black can comedian. see my face. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> I was he's like, a, oh, we on yeah, a podcast. He's a black just, comedian. My face was like, what? But my point is that, like, wow. it's all justified. That's one of the defense mechanisms, right? They rationalize it. It's all in sport. For them, politics, this is a sport. You got your person you want to get across. This, the other team is trying to block it, no matter the validity of what this woman is saying. No matter that. And, and again... That, that's the, that I want to... I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting. I want to know what you think. I felt like it was never a question when I was watching it whether or not she was telling the truth. I felt like everyone believed yeah. her. It just but, didn't matter. But they were saying that it wasn't him. Right. That was the to me the angle like and I don't know if I was reading that wrong but it's I mean her she is a to me like the position of her of being a patriot like mm-hmm. I just really want to be helpful mm-hmm. and I am and I want to make sure that this this country doesn't go to shit yeah. it already is right. but like more to shit yeah I thought like it was just so compelling to me who she was how she spoke how she conveyed those things. Yeah. And I tried not to get um, lost in the Anita Hill versus yeah. her, like this kind of, but really see them as a continuation and evolution instead yeah. of a racial, like one against the other, yeah. but like a continuation of this same story. Like here we are again, we're yeah. telling this same story again. Yeah. The good old boys club exists. It's still yeah. alive and well. And I'm here to tell the truth, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to tell the truth. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I know we can't ignore like the very the racial bias that existed, yeah. the and ways, the complexities of the it, the complexities of what happened with Anita Hill. It's, it's fucked up. You just tried to hold space for her. Yeah. in this moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. And and this is something that I I want, and I and I feel like because we don't do that as Black folks, that's why we don't deal with gender. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hold space for what she was saying mm-hmm. out, and then I'm going to hold space for this other reality too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you completely mm-hmm. ignored this black woman and drugged this black woman mm-hmm. and treated her like shit. I'm not going to to pit that against this white woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be over here saying 
this is horrible. You were a child. Look at all these things that happened to you. You're still, you're still holding on to this. Like you're still dealing with this. And now you got to deal with it. When she was talking about the death threats and having to move and like, I was like, man, this culture is like sick. It's, it's sick. I mean, what else can we describe it as? I always say, okay, this is what I love to do. I love to take social things and put them in and personify them. If the United States was a client mm-hmm. that came in mm-hmm. for, for therapy. A narcissist. Right. A sociopath. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All of the above. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They would be in serious. They, like That shit medication can't fix. Mm. That's stuff that's literally most of the time untreatable unless the person goes to like a very specialized a couple specialized modalities and they have to stick with it if they're gonna do it or i mean or we got some spiritual modalities well you know there are some spiritual modalities (laughs) i mean we can but you again have to surrender the spirit to let that happen so i mean i think like it's all it's all sick but 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 my thing is like of course it's sick it was born sick it was it was birthed sick when they were when they were dismissing the humanity of indigenous people and killing their babies and raping and th- what else do we think is supposed to be i this is part of my confusion it's like what else do we think is supposed to be birthed here mm-hmm. but more sickness mm-hmm. when it was actually born this way and yeah, and, and we, we don't deal with the root until we say mm-hmm. like Everything we have done since we've gotten here has resulted in the destruction of somebody. It's been at the cost of somebody, right? Mm-hmm. All the success of Theodore Roosevelt, Panamanians are still paying for that. You know, mm-hmm. like the railroads, you know, Japanese, right. everybody. Right. Everything was at the expense of someone's humanity the clothes, or the, the land. Clothes we have on right now. Or the land. The, the, the computer or the land or the animals yeah, or something. Everything. everything. We have yet to create anything in this country that was... Something that moved us all forward. It always moved some. So when I look at their sickness and I watch it play out, I cry. I hold space for it. Like when I heard the girl talking um, on the elevator and I watched him not be able to look at her, you know, I just choked up really badly. That was really hard for me to watch. Yeah. Which uh, that tells you I could not watch that full. Um, no, you can't no, watch especially the whole after thing. a work day. Yeah. But, um, but, but I was able to hold space for her emotions. And like you said, and, and then pick up the reality that, yeah, this is where we are. And I think that the, the change has to come in the understanding of those who say that um, this is what this country was born as. But this is not what, like, the existence of me was before this country, yeah. Right. I have ancestors that transcend this country. I have a history that all these things had to conspire since the beginning of the universe for me to be present today. So no matter what this country decides to be, I have the freedom to be whatever I can be. And that was and, predestined before. And and the realized power. I think that that's what we're seeing. Absolutely. Like, like to see that like it was going to go, Flake was going to go like a whole different way yeah and then that these two women believed that they had power yes they believed that they were that they even as other women tried to shut even as the other women Mm -hmm. tried to shut them down they believed they had power and they went to wield that power you know what to speak truth to power have believed it and this is an important part but they did it anyway right because sometimes we're not all the way there but you know you know you know every now and then i rustle up a Old Bible story. <laughs> Every now and then, story time. Go ahead, story and time. Go ahead. Every now and then, I remember a, a Bible story. And so, the woman with the issue of blood okay. did not know for sure if touching the garment would heal Jesus's garment would heal her. Right? Oh Lord! <laughs> there you go. But she pushed her way through the crowd anyway, and I she believed and she touched. Be made whole. And, and she cried, That's my favorite one. She was she made home. <laughs> and that story always struck to me that, you know, there's a lot of stories like that, though, in the Bible. See, people hold on to, like, like absolute faith. Mm. And there's so many stories where they did not have absolute faith, but they did it anyway. Like, 
the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to Nebuchadnezzar, who was about to like, listen, you're going to bow down. You're going to recognize who I am. This is my version of the Bible. You're going to recognize who I am. Bow down. Bow down. Come to my town. You know, West Side, Connect Gang, Connect Gang, Bring Me Back, all that, right? Okay. So he said, you're going to bow down. And they were like, the God that we serve is able to deliver us. But if not, we still would not bow. There were no guarantees, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like... You know, that's we the, have to begin That's the to moment move. we're in, though. That's, that's yes. the moment that we're yes. in. Yes, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. But do it anyway. Yeah. Do the healing thing. Do the joyful thing. Do the right, Do the loving uh, thing. Alyssa Milano in the back Sorry. doing a binding spell on him the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. She in the back like, uh. Yes, do it. I do the magical you. thing. You don't have to know if it will work. It, the, the gap between what you know and what you don't know is faith. You know what I mean? So, like, sometimes just that little leap is the existence. And do it anyway. Go out to the ocean. Go out under the moon. Do all this stuff that sounds so crazy to so many people. But see what it does for you. It's worth it. We are definitely in the no guarantee. There is no guarantee. I can't, I don't promise my kids anything about what's going on in this country. But I promise them this. What I guarantee them this is if you wake up every day with the intention to... Be a better person and help those around you, then you will do that. That is a guarantee. Those are things I can guarantee. If you get up every day and invest an hour in your healing every day, I guarantee you, you will get to a place where those things don't touch you the way that they once did. If you get up every day and invest an hour towards your dream, it's inevitable that you'll reach it. Like, those are the only guarantees we and really that's, have. And that's what I want. That's what I want when I see a timeline full of multi generations of yeah. women. Women in their 60s, 50s, 70s, 40s, yeah. 30s, 20s, teens, all with this same story. Yeah. yeah, I want like that hour a day to invest in the self yeah. and to begin to really let go, to really begin to tell a new story, like to replace that story, to put yourself in the seat of power in yeah. that story, to see to see why the story... To see who that person really was. To see who was. that person really they was. They were not to see, the powerful person. Because you know me, I, I I have the controversial thing of being grateful for mm -hmm. my abuse. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for it. Yeah. To get to the place of pure gratitude, yeah. to, yeah. to say thank you, thank yeah. you for that yeah. lesson. Yeah. I appreciate that yeah. lesson. You built me, you yeah. made me, you yeah. created me. Thank you to... This nigga yeah. over here who lit fire to my vagina when right. I was asleep. Like, mm. all kind of shit, you right. know? There's so many things that happen to us that we stay quiet about. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that people are being loud about it. But, like, we got to just say, to me, like, we can't just stay in that pain no. body. No. We can't because, it, because there's post-traumatic growth. Right. Right. So there's what you do with the thing. Yeah. Because in every trauma... We gain skill sets. Okay. And those skill sets. Say it again. With every trauma, we gain skill sets. We do not just gain scars. We gain skills. Those skills could be resiliency. Those skills could be resourcefulness. Those skills could be so many things. Those skills could be vigilance. Mm -hmm. like, like to know what we have, to be protective. Like mm -hmm. all these things can be skill sets. So post-traumatic growth is about using the skill sets you develop through your trauma, through coping with your trauma. Through You know, I always say like... People who are like really sheltered and don't go through nothing are so annoying. Like they literally can't handle shit. Like you be like, the smallest thing happens in their life and they fall apart. Yeah. And we are sitting here like, what the fuck? I don't understand. Like, do just do this and do this. How did we learn to do that? It was through the, the hard stuff. Right. We learn like, OK, we'll just call such and such and do this. And then you just figure this out. Like we learned that problem solving through the difficult stuff. We didn't learn that through good stuff. We didn't learn that through hugs and kisses. We learned that through scars, scrapes and bruises. And and uh, and I want for black women to have the spaces to tell their stories, because mm -hmm. I feel like we're the most quiet. Yeah. About our pain bodies. Because we think nobody will believe. And they, that's why and they that's prove why it over and over again. I'm going to tell you who believes us. We believe us. We believe us. We believe us. We believe us. And I've spent my entire life being completely transparent about the things that have mm -hmm. I've experienced. And being vulnerable and being open. Mm -hmm. and, and just talking about, yeah. about my pain and my pain body and my traumas because... Who else is yeah. that looks like yeah. me? It's important. I think that's why Oprah is Oprah. Yes. 
That's why Oprah's yeah. Oprah. Oprah don't like. I mean, that's also why Beyonce did this tour. I mean, let's talk about <laughs> it. Let's talk about it. Like open healing, right? Yeah. yeah. Visible black. Yeah. Open healing. Yeah. How do you go from mm-hmm. like devastation, right, and emptiness, and and on both parts, right? Because it takes a hurt person to hurt a person. So we have to. But look at that deck, like decade long of quiet suffering. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. I don't want for us anymore. Yeah. I don't want for us the decade long of quiet suffering. But like, you know what? I don't know. Honestly, healing is such a process that like, I'm not saying we should stay in quiet suffering for decades for sure. But I just think the mind is interesting because it doesn't allow us to even remember sometimes everything all at once. Like the things are kind of, when we're coming out of healing, I know for me, like there's things I didn't even think of as traumatic, as, but then suddenly my mind would just allow me to look at it again. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was that. And so coming out of trauma sometimes isn't a, is a slow process. And that has to do with the brain, like the, the, the neurochemistry of the brain, it protects us it suppresses certain memories. It it mm-hmm. does certain things at certain times. So the 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 part the time piece can be twofold. We can do what we can do, but we have to also know that there may be a new thing. I mean, last year I was in a training on um, DV, and I had I know domestic, about DV domestic, domestic violence. violence. I know about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. I you know I know about it personally and and all kind of different ways, right? Family members and stuff like that, but. When this woman told her story the way she told her story, I recognized that in a relationship that I hadn't thought of as a DV, that I was on that spectrum. Mm. And it broke me down. I had, Now, mind you, I'm a therapist in a room full of therapists, working in a therapy center, having done this work consistently, right? Right, right. And my brain had not allowed me to see it that way until this moment when this woman told her story. And in her story, I saw my story. And I was like, wow, I didn't get punched, but had I stayed, that's where that's where it was. That's definitely, I have no doubt I would have been punched, right? Or worse. So I think it's interesting because even though I was actively working on my healing, sometimes the brain reveals things at certain times. So that's why I don't put certain time constraints on it because I don't know when what will be revealed but I do think it's important I do remember when I stopped telling my story a certain way I started saying my story differently right Mm -hmm. like my story did not center the perpetrator it centered me right so yeah I think think that and that shift can happen quicker and we're both people that share and there are a lot of people that don't yeah and there are a lot of black women i'm sure that we could both sit and think of 10 a million that don't um that we know personally and to me it's as simple as i was just at breakfast with my sister leaning over to my sister and say hey you know this thing that happened a couple weeks ago i'm having a hard time processing it how are you with that yeah and she told me how she feel i tell her how i feel and that was five minutes yeah that was five minutes of looking at my sister in her eyes and saying I'm really having a hard time with that information. Yeah. yeah. I'm really having a hard time processing. How are you doing with that? You know, do you want to, and to be, I want to encourage that. I'm not really one to tell people what to do. Yeah. (laughs) But I do right now in this moment want to encourage folks that are women of color specifically. For sure. To go and talk to one person. And we believe you. I believe you. We believe you. We believe you. And know that um, I think that has been, to me, the best part about Trump being elected mm-hmm. is them numbers came out <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. And so many things started to come out and focus on our healing each other, the, on the internal healing. And like even like the, the the resource therapy for Black girls, which is mm-hmm. such a great resource, right? right? right. And like things we talk about, Black girls and home, Black girl mixtape, we know, then Black mom. It's like what we're doing. All these things are mm-hmm. birthed mm-hmm. out of like, okay, you know, we're going to give ourselves the space. We're not going to sit here and, and wait to partner with all these people who may or may not show up, or who may or may not believe us, or who may make us jump through a million hoops before they will believe us, or. All these different things that we don't have to do that with each other. Let's just start working on each other. And eventually, if we got something left over, 
we would help other people too. But I think it just, it wasn't about face. And it was a necessary one because the reality is, no, you know, this is not, I'm not over-exaggerating when I say the, the numbers do not lie. The, the rates at which we're dying, the way we're treated in the healthcare profession, the way we're treated in education, they don't lie. No, These are not lie. lies. No, they, they do not care. No, and we are, we are commodities. They want the parts of us, but they do not want us. But this, those things, all those numbers shift with support. All, well, all those numbers now became our responsibility to fix. Yeah. Like ourselves. we're not looking for health, the Department of Health and Human Services to do that shit. Right. We are doing it right now as we speak. You know, we are creating circles, we are creating groups, we are creating opportunities, we are sharing information, and we are collaborating and doing that. You know, like we have sister podcasts. We're not competing with other mm-hmm. Black women podcasts. We are joining with them, and mm-hmm. I, it's 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 birthed a beautiful thing, yeah. and it's birthed a way of turning insight and sharing those stories, and mm-hmm. then giving platforms. Yeah. For those stories, right? Absolutely. Which is like, you know, that's all we've asked for. Absolutely. Is to hear our stories. Well, do you have any final words, Dia, that you want to share? I just, you know, I wish I could say that, yes, it's been a tough week, as though there won't be other tough weeks. <laughs> and so I do share your wish and hope for survivors that as time goes on, that they not, it not be so raw for them, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that's a process, but I will say that that process starts by understanding that that person or those persons d- did not create you, and they do not have the ability to alter you. That who you were before then, you carry that and more. You carry new things are growing in you, new things are birthing in you, and you you owe it to yourself to invest in those things too and see where they grow and bloom into and write the rest of your story. And you may not find out until six chapters later why that thing happened until you come across somebody who needed somebody in exactly that position. Right. And you realize I am uniquely equipped mm. to, I am uniquely equipped. It happens to me all the time in therapy. All my scars all my scars come up in therapy. And I'm like, when they say, does, it, does that make sense to you? I can say it absolutely does. And it relates to a scar. And then I'm grateful for the scar because that scar made it possible in that moment for me to genuinely tell that person, I get it. And they know I do, you know? So you have to keep writing the book to find out why that chapter even existed. Um, and anything, you know, that... You reach out to someone that that believes you without condition and just start by telling them the story until you begin to author that story yourself. Thank you. Um, the last thing I want to say is where we are the manifestation of a prophecy. Hmm. That's what we are. We are the answer to the prayers of our ancestors my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmothers on both sides. That's what we are right now. I look at my daughter's face and I mm-hmm. get so excited about this time that we're in. She's going to live a new reality. Yes. She's going to live under a new kind of government. Our mm-hmm. government only has the power in which we give to them. And we're demanding something new. Mm-hmm. This is a new time. This is a new era. This is a moment to be excited. This is a moment to be joyful. This is a moment to celebrate. And it's going to be painful, just like the labor, the natural labor. I had all three children. The shit was painful. It was horrible. It was terrible. But with each, 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 each contraction, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm getting closer. Yeah. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. I can see the face of the baby. Mm. I can see the face of the new day. I can see where we're going. I can look into into the cosmos and see that the predictions that are where we're supposed to be, that we're moving there. Mm -hmm. Our feet are taking us there and it's being led by the feminine. We are being led by the feminine into something completely new. And we are like, we are five years into it. Yeah. We are yeah. five years into this new 
moment, this yeah. new movement, this new world. Like, I'm, I'm really excited. The same. Please find somebody to talk to. Talk to a friend. Um, I had a mentor that told me, like, he, he was from South Africa and he didn't believe in therapists. Mm-hmm. He believed in trees. Mm-hmm. So he, I was going to therapy and he was like, just come to me. I'll be your tree. <laughs> and so I used to go and just talk to him and he would not say anything. Mm-hmm. He would just listen. He would just hold space for me. And so from that day forward, I was about 19. I decided that's the kind of person I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a tree for people. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to sit there and ask questions and be curious enough for people to unfold and allow me to be that tree for them. And I have a friend that calls me and says, I need a tree today. Mm-hmm. I need a tree. I love trees. Can you be my tree today? Can can you? I just need, and that means I'm there to hold space, to listen, to believe, to support, to love, to be affectionate, to be sweet, to be kind, to be open, to be receptive, and to allow her to open up and to be to tell her story to me. And yeah. I don't have anything to say at the end. Yeah, I'm just a tree. Yeah, a tree just is. It, it isn't really trying to is. do anything else. I want to be a tree. Like I told Mark, I was like, you know, take my ashes, bury it, and make me a tree. <laughs> I really, he's like, I don't know. I was like, you have to do this. This is very serious. I, I, I don't know if you're, I don't, I don't know who's going to die first. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes. he'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> he'll do it. He'll do it. Even if you have to come back, he'll, he'll do it. He'll do it. So, yes, go be a tree to someone. Be a tree. Allow somebody else to be your tree. We love you. We believe you. We're here with Mm. you. We believe you. We believe you.